It's time for another Tucson Means Business, where you get to meet the best Tucson entrepreneurs and those leaders in the community with a story to tell. Tucson Means Business. And now your host, Mark Bishop. And here we go with another Tucson Means Business. Welcome. This is Mark Bishop on Business Radio X. Interesting show today, a little bit of a twist on it. We're looking at sport and we're also looking at what the uh, economy is all about when we talk about sport. Sport's one thing, but who benefits really? How does a city benefit? That's what this is about today, and we've been fortunate enough to get hold of some people who are very deeply involved with all the wonderful sport that they've done for Tucson. We mean events. I'm referring to people like Ray Desmond, who is uh, Nova Home Loans. This gentleman is uh, a well-known sports entrepreneur here in Tucson. He's responsible for supporting and branding the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, our second guest for today is Mike Fetter. Mike is currently president of the Vamos A Tucson Mexican Baseball Fiesta and executive director of the Tucson Sugar Skulls Indoor Football Team. That's a brand new initiative for Tucson. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Good to have you along. And uh, Ali Fahang is an AV-rated attorney who practices in the areas of labor and employment, business consultation, commercial litigation, and personal injury defense across multiple jurisdictions, right? Correct. Good afternoon, Ali. Thank Hi, Mark. You. How are you? AV raiders. That mean you can travel and do the things? <laughs> yeah. That means oh, exactly that. Though. That means the one you should choose in Latin. You can do it all. You forgot your... Arizona Bowl title. Yeah, I just thank you for the uh, commercial for Farhang and Metcalf. I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. We've got a long way to go. And last but not least is Mark C. Irvin. Uh, he's been involved in the commercial real estate industry for most of his adult life, over 35 years of commercial real estate experience in consulting, development, and brokerage. In fact, he's been involved in commercial real estate in Tucson since 1983, and he moved here full-time in 86. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to have you. Well, you were one of the original founding partners for PICOR, right? But left in early 1995 to create your own firm that focused its efforts exclusively in office, medical, and investment real estate. Why did you go down that route? What what made you interested in that way to go? You know, it just was always something that I had on my uh, radar screen that I wanted to do. Uh, PICOR is a great firm. Actually, when I joined them, it was Properties for Industry Corporation and it was kind of funny as an office guy working for a company with the name Properties for Industry Corporation. So we shortened it to PICOR, and the uh, rest was history. I was there for a little over eight years, and it just was time. You know, I uh, had a, a vision of some things that I wanted to do, and uh, it was just time to kind of take off and go do those things. Mm -hmm. And you hold uh, professional designations as both a uh, certified commercial investment member, a CCIM, and as an office specialist with the Society of Industrial and Office Realtors, right? SIOR. And in fact, you're the only office and medical specialist in Southern Arizona to hold both distinguished designations. Why is that, do you think? You know, it's interesting. We've had a, a handful of guys that have uh, that had their that ha that do have their CCIM designation. I'm kind of surprised that nobody else has gone and grabbed their SIOR. I've actually supported a couple guys, uh, competitors of mine, into the SIOR um, arena. It's it's not easy to get in. I mean, you got to be in the top couple of percent to even be considered, and you got to be around for a long time. And I could go on till I'm blue. So it's it's a very you know tough organization to get in. And uh, I, I don't know why people you know haven't stayed engaged in it. For me, it's been excellent. The groups that come in down from, mm -hmm. from Phoenix and other places, 
they're always looking for somebody with those kinds of designations. And since I hold both of them, I get most of that business. So I don't yeah. know why my competitors are letting me do that. It means you're AV-rated yeah. commercial broker. AV-rated, Ollie. <laughs> that's, right. that's correct. Well, you've been licensed in the state of Arizona as a real estate broker since 89, right? And uh, you've seen some changes in that time. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely seen a lot of changes in the uh, real estate industry. I think technology-driven is probably the biggest single piece of what we kind of see happen. And, and that, and, you know, most people that come to talk with us probably know more about real estate now than they would have when they'd called us five years ago. Most of my people that call or people that call are interested, they've already done a lot of research. They are very up mm-hmm. to speed on what they want. And then you got some demanding clients, and which are basically all my clients. Sometimes they know enough <laughs> to be dangerous, right? They do, Ray. I wasn't going to mention any names, but the initials, Ray definitely comes in mind somewhere. There you go. <laughs> We're going to venture back with you a little bit later on. Ali Farhang, you've somewhat of a reputation well, of being a uh, community activist. He doesn't know well, where that I'm was I'm glad going. you added something there. Yeah, you yeah. go. I, I just thought that would raise an eyebrow or two. But uh, community activist, but a darn good one at that. Thank All you. right. Now, where did you get this from? Did it emanate from your childhood growing up? Was there a, some sort of drive in you that came from somewhere? I think, I think uh, being born and raised in this community and seeing uh, how involved my parents were um, in a lot of different endeavors was uh, something that uh, raised me and, and, and shaped me growing up. And uh, it just comes down to I, I have a real passion and uh, an authentic uh, love for our community. And I want to do whatever I can to make it a better place. Well, that's that's lovely to hear. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a high school football coach who believes that making positive differences in one's community is an enormous aspect of living a successful life. And a fulfilling life, Mark. And a fulfilling life as well. Uh, It's a pay-forward type of thing, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, our our legacies are judged by our actions and what we leave behind. So I'm trying to make a positive impact, whether it's with uh, the kids on our our team at the uh, power-ranking number one South Point Catholic Lancers. (laughs) Um, It's either on the football field, in the office, in the community, with people around me. I just... Uh, I want to leave things, leave people better than they were before. That's my, that's my motivation. Well, who knows? One day they might even do a beautiful bronze statue of you downtown. <laughs> <laughs> well, match my skin. There so. you go. <laughs> Liam BF, that's been in Tucson, the Mexican baseball fiesta. It's in Tucson for seven years and generates over $1.5 million of economic impact annually. Mike uh, Fetter, how did the MBF come about? Well, it... Uh, my partner, Francisco Gomez, came to me when I was the general manager of the Tucson Padres in 2011. And quite honestly, it was a cold call. And he just said, hey, you've never met me, and I just have a crazy idea for you. Would, would you be interested? I said, sure. I mean, let's, you know, tell me what it's about. And he, he had pitched in the Milwaukee Brewers organization for quite a while, lives in Tucson, uh, also pitched in for Amorcio in the Mexican Winter League. And for those people listening, the Mexican Winter League is Major League Baseball in Mexico. All the games are on TV. Right. Uh, it's no different than the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks in the States. And he said, I, I think this is something you'll like. And so I said, well, give me a few days. Went on YouTube. I mean, just like Mark was saying, I mean, things you could do now you can never do. Right. And watch video and watch the craziness and watch the fun and the party. And, and I said, I, this is an easy deal. I said, we'll do this. In Tucson, you get the teams from Mexico, uh, but 
if we don't do it like it's done in Mexico, we're not doing it. We're not doing it like the way the game is played in the States. No, it uh, have to be a lot of fun, it's, huh? It's, it's got to change. I mean, so all of our PAs in Me- is in Spanish. All of our music is Mexican. And, and it truly is a Hispanic product. Uh, it's, you know, it's, and it's a party. I mean, it's just, the music never stops. I mean, uh, I mean, Ray would have, as an umpire, Ray would have probably <laughs> killed us because pitchers in the warm, you know, in the stretch and we're still playing music. And, right, right. But you know what? That's what they do in Mexico. So here we are going into year eight next, next week. Right. And then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I mean, last, last year on our Saturday night game, uh, we had o- over 7,000 people at the games. Uh, and, and most people, the majority of the people left with a smile on their face. And that's all you could do is you put yourself in a position that, that people are having great entertainment. And oh, by the way, uh, we're doing a lot of good for our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say the $1.5 million, uh, we have teams that train here for three weeks and they stay in our hotels and they eat at our restaurants and they go to our malls. Uh, that's, that's a ton of, and that study was done, not by us, by, by visit Tucson. Right. Uh, and, and it's something we're proud of. And, you know, we're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger this year. We've actually added the university of Arizona, uh, on Thursday, October 4th, Arizona will play the second game against the non heralds uh, from Hermosillo. Uh, and that's going to get us a lot of new fans out to the, to the games. And I've already warned Jay Johnson, the baseball coach at the U of A, I said, you better tell your players, this isn't anything they're used to. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's just, it's. You're going to have all the trumpets going and all of that. Everything. And and bands on. are playing. Well, it is a know, fiesta, right? That's... It is a fiesta. And bands <laughs> are playing during the game. Uh, so it's just, it. he said, no, it's going to be fun. He, they actually, U of A had a, a catcher right. named Cesar Salazar, who was really a very, very good player from Hermosillo. Right. And Jay Johnson said in our press conference, Cesar Salazar is his one most favorite player that he's ever had as a coach in baseball. And Cesar Salazar is now going to play for Hermosillo next weekend. So <laughs> it'll be a fun deal. It'll be a good deal. You've been a general manager in minor league baseball for 30 years, uh, spending, what, 1989 to 2001 as the GM of the Tucson Toros. Well, starting in 89. Sidewinders, right? So, right? Yeah, I mean, it's those were the fun days. And most of these guys have been in Tucson. Uh-huh. It was much different in High Corbett than it was at, at Tucson Electric Park. I mean, it's... Yeah. We lost our flavor. We lost our identity. We lost the middle of town mm-hmm. uh, and the excitement, which now the two, obviously the arena has mm-hmm. with everything going on. Well, there's a lot of good stuff, which we're going to cover on and well, coming and back into Tucson. It's just, you know, it was a joy with the Toros. Uh, you know, the, the Sidewinders were still good years, but never the same. What about the Tucson Padres? Uh, all right. We were, we were always perceived as uh, a one year and out. You know, so we, the Padres brought, you know, asked me to, to do this uh, with the understanding that they're going to move to Escondido the following year. Well, everything fell apart in the state of California. Right. And then all of a sudden they couldn't put things together. So one year became two years and then two years became three years. But I think everybody always knew we were leaving. Uh, and, and I thought uh, that I would be smart enough to change the mentality about going to Keno Stadium. Couldn't do it. I mean, Mark knows real estate, you know, it's, it's all about location, location, location. And people weren't going down there at night. And, you know, and, and so we tried to do the best we can. And, you know, baseball fans will know one name, Anthony Rizzo, who plays the Chicago Cubs. He was our first baseman in 2011 and had a great year. So it's, I love running the ball club in Tucson. And it's just, you know, the, 
We did a lot for a lot of people, and that's what it's well, all Well, you about. did, and you also received the presidential citation uh, from minor league baseball and was the Pacific Coast League's executive of the year back in 19, sorry, 2013. You that's just when pay that people well, and they, and they give you those. Yeah, things. right, for sure. Well, it must have been something, you know, pretty special for you. Uh, you know, um, I know you're a humble guy, but... Uh, Not always. No, okay. <laughs> By the way, this was the sixth time that you'd received the Executive of the Year Award in professional baseball. Uh, that's a lot of payouts you were talking about. What do you do that's so special, do you think, that keeps them coming back for you? I think Ali hit it. I mean, just the way you treat people, uh, the way you do things, the way you present your product, the way you get involved in your community. I had nothing to do with, with the player side. Mm -hmm. uh, that was always the Major League affiliate, and... It's just enjoying what you do and, and doing the best you can. Uh, that, that's all you could do. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, you just got to, you know, give it a, a full day's effort. And it, it always was fun for me. I mean, you know, the one thing about all the different things, that just means I was around a long time. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean any more than that. When you run teams for over 30 years, yeah, you get recognized. You get known. This guy on the right of him looks like he's just come in from surfing in a beautiful afternoon one of Australia's beaches. But welcome, Ray. Come on into the microphone. Uh, you founded Nova Home Loans. What led you to start the company? Uh, well, Mark, let me start with, first of all, I, it's, a, it's a kind of a long story, but I, I'm, I'm honored to be here with these three gentlemen and Ricky Abood, who's next to me as well. Because uh, I never thought I'd be in this kind of company as I, as I got older and got more established and became successful, mm -hmm. that, that I didn't really try to be. I, I actually hitchhiked here a long time ago to Tucson, and I, I came here, and I, and I fell in love with Tucson. And I, I wanted to get a job and work here and stay here just to make a living. And there were no jobs. In 1973, I, I, I finished my undergraduate school, and there were still no jobs. I got job offers outside of the state. Um, I was a good student, but um, uh, I didn't know what to do, so I went to graduate school to, to prolong the agony so I could stay in Tucson because I really liked the place. Right, I, okay. I was really, really loving it. I well, think in those was, days, it would have been fantastic. Uh, well, I think there was 200,000 people here when mm -hmm. I first moved here, but it, it was fantastic. And and after graduate school, there weren't too many uh, options for me, but I just happened to run into somebody that had a, a mortgage company, uh, kind of on the side type of thing. It was small. Right. And I, I ended up joining that company for a year. Okay. And I learned the business. And what I found out in the business is that there was an underserved market in it. Okay. And so I said, I can do something about this. So I started... Nova Home Loans myself. I named it. I didn't have any money. I just did no, it all. You saw a niche and went after it. <laughs> and I, and I actually ended up changing the entire brokerage, mortgage brokerage. I created the mortgage brokerage industry. It right. didn't exist. It yeah, didn't apparently exist. so. The culture is very unique. I mean, the founder of Nova Home Loans, you also uh, uh, could you know lay back and do nothing, but you still lead a team of top performing people, right? The president's team within that, the organization. That, that's correct. And I brought Ricky here with me just in case we wanted to talk about him. But but yes, I still lead a team, and, and my I still uh, uh, I don't actually. As of June, I, I kind of semi-retired from the actual management after 38 years of the company, and mm -hmm. I have a great executive team, so I'm very confident in them, and you know things things like that. And so, what do you think you've learned in the last 38 years? Well, what we what we learned, and the reason we we're successful and created this mortgage brokerage industry, we're now a mortgage bank because we had to mm -hmm. evolve into that. But the reason I did it was because people were just they didn't have choices. They didn't. They were afraid of the process, and and so what I've learned is. 
just what the two gentlemen next to me have just mm-hmm. said. You know, we give the customer what they want, to give them the product that they want. And now over time, we, we, you know, I, we hone that down even further to make it, you know, more, more acceptable to, to customers. And we, we continue to do that. Today. Well, you must be doing something right. It's a very competitive industry yeah. and uh, you're doing very well. Any exciting changes around the corner? I mean, what does the future Nova Home Loans look like? Well, we, as as Mark said earlier, in the real estate industry, technology is a big factor that's coming in. We've got to ho- make sure that our skills are honed in that regard. But it's still it's still an industry of personality and personal interaction. Mm-hmm. People still need that professional to get things done you know, sure. without, without a lot of headaches. A robot's not going to do that in, in five right, minutes, right, is he? Right, right. <laughs> you know, you can have a, ro- you know, rocket uh, mortgage, but, you know, you talk to the people that did that, then they got to still do all this kind of stuff but and, and deal with somebody. But that that's, we're going to keep getting better and better at that. Um, guy sitting next to me is an absolute pro. At you can this. introduce this guy. Uh, Hi, Ricky. It's Ricky Aboot. Ricky Aboot. Come on in, Ricky. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? All righty. Now, you're a nice surprise today on the show. Nice to have you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So what's your designation with this guy? What does he do to you? I'm Ray's right hand, pretty much. Um, I run the residential side of our presidential team business. Okay. okay. So Ray and I are partners on our Within that presidential team, team. Yeah. right. Very good. And uh, has he taught you much? I mean, are you out of this industry a long time? or? So I was a marketing major at U of A. Okay. And I was on the cheerleading team there, so I did the whole athletic side. And okay. then uh, right out of college, I went to work at Pulte Homes. I sold houses for Pulte for ah, three and a half years. Yes. Then I crossed paths with Ray, and he recruited me over to lending. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for almost six years. So all, all right. I know is how to market, how to sell houses, and how to finance them. Are you happy? Yeah, it's going well. Are mm-hmm. you making a good quid? Yeah. That's a buck, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Is your partner problematic? Very. Okay. Just had to ask. Sorry, Ray. Ray, tell us about the involvement with the Boys and Girls Club, mate. It seems that for the last 15 years, Nova has been donating toys to children in need at the event uh, Miracle Balbario. Tell us about that. Well, uh, Mark, we one of our, our our business model is basically give the customer the best uh, service and the best terms and the best product we possibly can, and then the second part of our model is to give back to the community. Uh, as you heard from the other three gentlemen, how much we love Tucson, we'd like to give back. Ali said, you know, I want to help this community as much as possible. My business partner at Nova Home Loans, who came, I made him a an owner with me after 15 years of Nova being in existence, uh, actually grew up in the boys and girls club. I mean, he was pretty much homeless in high school Mm -hmm. and he, he decided to make something of his life and he did it through a football career and he, and he went, he went on to go to Stanford and, um, he was very disappointed and go to, his name is John Volpe. He, he was very disappointed that he, Larry Smith didn't, uh, recruit him to U of A, but Larry, all right. Disagreed with that before he died. But. So these are all the signs I see around town with the Volpe so, real that's estate. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. He V-O-L-B-E, right? He's a, he's a very hard worker, hardest I've ever seen, and he became the number one loan officer in the country. Okay. I recruited him. He came to me at one point in time and said, I don't think I'm going to make it in this thing, and I, I just stayed with him and encouraged him, and he said, all of a sudden, three months later, I'm going to be the number one. You know, he's kind of pumped up. He got a few loans <laughs> in. I'm going to be the number one guy in the country, and I kind of, at that time, uh, you know, that, that was a hard thing to do. <laughs> it still is. And he did. He became that. And, and he, we together decided 
with his impetus, we together decided that we want to, you know, really support the Boys and Girls Club because that that really helped him in his in his childhood and his teenage life and and later on in adulthood. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful story in its own right, isn't it? Yeah, that's, which which tells you that anybody in the Boys and Girls Club, the boys and girls in this country can do whatever they want. If they they've got the hotspur, yep. look out. Yep. By the way, just as a point of clarification, Mr. Volpe actually, we found out this much later, spent a, an extraordinary amount of time at the Girls Club. And, yes, he was a Boys and Girls Club <laughs> member, but we did find out that he, he didn't spend as much time there as he possibly should. Okay. Uh, so let me think. I think uh, – Mark, let me – and one thing with Ray, I can't believe you didn't mention you're umpiring the Pac-10. Well, well we're coming to that. We're oh, coming okay. to that. You know, I wrote this script, not you. No, I, I, I thought we forgot <laughs> it. I, right. I wanted to acknowledge his excellent work as an umpire. Well, I want to acknowledge Nova Home Loans for what they've done. Fourteen offices throughout Arizona, uh, loan services in Alaska, California, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Kentucky, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Utah, Washington, and last but not least, the biggest of them all, Texas. Everything's big in Texas, they tell me, right? So that's pretty up, you know, that's pretty good, mate. From a kid that didn't have a job, didn't know where you were going. You know what I mean? Just wanted to make a living. Yeah, so he went back to school. Should you be so lucky? (laughs) Tell you what. Um, Michael, five years with the New Orleans Saints. 2011 to 2015, as well as operating the New Orleans Voodoo uh, for two years in the Arena Football League. That, well, that must have been a giggle. It was a giggle. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what, how you translate that. but uh, No, I mean, it was fun. I, I never had interest in, in really working in the big leagues. Uh, you know, I loved, you know, where you could be involved in a lot of different things. But, you know, it was just it was a great opportunity. Uh, and then they, they bought an arena football team and, and I would just, you know, ask, you know, because of my minor league baseball background, would you have interest? And that's when I fell in love with the, with the arena football league and, and the game. It right. just, you know, of my 37 years of running sports teams, uh, I can honestly tell you the three years that I ran arena teams were my favorite. Uh, and, and they weren't the most successful, but, but they were the most fan friendly uh, because you, you really, you put on a party and, 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 you love these parties, don't you? Well, no, I guess I do. But in minor league baseball, you, you know, you're, you're dictated to by my rules, right? Uh, right. And, and the way you do things. But in in the arena game, I mean, dealing with the players, they love to play. Yeah. And they would do anything for you, and and socializing is probably a little bit more at ease too. You know, well, no, the I mean, players they, can meet the the fans, well, and you the, know, fans go on the field, and you're going to hear us talk about you know the the sugar skulls is going to be the exact same thing. Yeah. But the fans are allowed in the field immediately after the game to get autographs. Then we have a post-game party, which we'll do downtown, you know, possibly the playground. And the fans get to know these guys as human beings, not just a number on their back. Right. Uh, that's what makes it special. Makes a difference. So is there a big difference between in the roles you were doing between baseball and football? Uh, is there a big difference? The, the football was a different size than the baseball. Yeah. Uh, no, there is. I mean, it, marketing's marketing. Uh, I mean, it's just, you're still selling, you're selling a product that you believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, you know, the, the difference, the real obvious difference are is in football, you know, when I was in the NFL, you know, you have eight games, uh, well really 10 when you count the, the preseason games, uh, at the time the AFL was eight games in minor league baseball, you have 72 home games, uh, that makes a difference okay know, from, fair enough from an energy standpoint a more stress point over you too uh, but you know it's it's still it's it's still 
the way you present your product. What about the Arizona Diamondbacks? 14 to 15 as a coordinator for the Tucson Special Projects. Can you tell us just a sure. little about that? I thought that? it was just important that we, we had representation down here. Uh, you know, they are the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, and you know, we, we just intensified uh, the ability to bring buses and groups to town. Uh, we worked with the Little Leagues. Uh, you know, we did a lot of different things. And, and it just, I'm not necessarily a big league guy. Uh, but, but it was nice to represent Tucson and get us, get us on their map. I, I always felt, and I probably shouldn't say this, uh, but I, but I felt that sometimes you turn your back on, on a community that's 90 miles or a hundred miles away mm -hmm. and you forget about us. And, and, and I believe that honestly has happened the last couple of years. Uh, you know, where, how do you, how do you forget about a million people? Uh, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get that, but, but, you know, that's, that's their choice and, and how they do things. And, you know, it was, it was a good two years. It sounds like you had a lot of fun. We've got more to talk about you yet. I mean, you're a busy man. Ali Fahang is the founder and chairman of the board for the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. And has that been big? It's held annually here in Tucson at the Arizona Stadium. Uh, it's an interesting story that goes along with how this idea basically uh, got its wind. Is is quite different. I think it was a coaching thing after uh, one night, wasn't it, Ali? You sat down with a friend and said, listen, you know, maybe we can, and then it went from there. Well, it started when I was with another organization that has a bowl game in the state of Arizona. And uh, they were thinking about bringing one of their games to Tucson when uh, Arizona State University's stadium was going under renovation. Um, didn't understand why we didn't have a bowl game in Tucson anymore. We had the Copper Bowl for a number of years. I think it was the Insight Bowl. And uh, walking around town, you know, it, the economy was down. People had a self-defeatist kind of attitude. The narrative was negative. And I said to myself, we need to start a bowl game. And <laughs> <clears throat> we can do our own thing here. Why do we have to rely on anybody else? You know, Mike was just talking about uh, Tucson maybe being underrepresented mm -hmm. up north. But why do we have to rely on anybody else to show everybody how great we are? Because we are a great community. And mm -hmm. we are made up of a lot of fantastic, philanthropic, humanitarian, big-hearted people. Mm -hmm. So... Got hooked up with an organization, um, Arizona Sports and Entertainment Commission, that was able to help us get uh, certification from the NCAA. And then three months, uh, I, my first round draft choice um, said, you're crazy, you're not going to do it. I got down to my 15th round draft choice, and Mark Irvin said, okay, let's try it. <laughs> Just kidding, Mark. <laughs> uh, you know, and Mark and Fletcher um, were this two McCusker, right? Fletcher McCusker. Yeah. I found two uh, like-minded, insane individuals that think like, why not? Mm -hmm. Instead of why we can't. Why well, there can't you go. We? That was right? positive, wasn't it? And then uh, a lot of people in the community, Mike um, and Nova, got involved. Uh, me, basically, me and John were coaching at South Point together that year, and I said, "Hey, John, I think we're going to have a bowl game. You guys want to be a sponsor?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think that sounds good." And it was the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl the next day, basically. Well, there we go. It is, it's anchored by the title sponsor. Yeah, they Nova, are the title Nova sponsor. Nova Home Loans and supported by various sponsors. Various sponsors. Uh, you had partners and organizations. 
it makes a, a huge economic impact every year. It does. Into it- southern Arizona. And, look, things like appearing on major broadcasting networks like the CBS Sports Network, football fans from around the nation, they can be part of all this excitement now. You're a minority owner of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Do you think uh, is the goal to be bigger than the ball? Well, I don't know. I think that they both serve aspects of our community. With the bowl, you've got Rio Nuevo, the city of Tucson, Visit Tucson, the University of Arizona. You've got the county. We have a lot of uh, really uh, good partners that are not interested in anything but the ultimate good. Mm -hmm. And all the net proceeds from the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl goes to nonprofits. In our community. So yes. it serves our community. My word. We're going to be touching on that. A lot of money. So we show the best of us, of our community. The game is 70 degrees. It's going to be on a Saturday, November tw- or December 29th this year. And it, it looks really good on TV. It looks really good uh, for our community. Our game is about more than just programming. It's about the community coming together and displaying the best of us. With the Tucson Sugar Skulls, we're all about kicking ass. We're going we're gonna to win games. We're going to make our community proud. We're going to fill that stadium every Friday, Saturday or Sunday when we play. Right, Mike? Yep. And, again, it's another aspect of a representation mm-hmm. of our community, who we are. And, and I have a story about that, but I know you got to go on it, so I'm going to say it. No, we'll it. come back on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah it'll, but, be, it'll be good. But, but the, the Sugar like, Skulls, you know, we, yeah. we, we, I, I give a lot of credit to my, my partner, Kevin Guy and Kathy Guy, and to Mike. Um, that name... We didn't just go with something that's been a retread, mm-hmm. you know, the cactus, the, yeah, no, the coyote, yeah. chimichangas. The chimichangas. They're all down to death, the rattlesnakes, the this, the that. You we, know. As a community, I think <laughs> right. we've evolved to the point where we can be whatever we want to be. So it's time to come up with a new brand and something that represented our community in a new way. And I think that... Um, my partners and, and Mike and others, they really did a good job of, of doing that. Well, for the sake of our listeners, you know, when you hear about this Nova Home Loans Bowl, um, it's the eighth. Uh, this, this is pretty impressive. This is the eighth best bowl of the season. That was voted by uh, CBS Sports, I think, wasn't that's, it? That's right. Eighth best out of 39. That's not bad, is it, for, for uh, a hit town, eh, honey? <laughs> not in our third year. Yeah. There you go. It's generated something like $33 million in economic impact. Second to the gem show. That's right. Here in Tucson, Arizona. That's and that right. was just last year. That's not over the whole term. Yeah. And that's only last year. And here's the big one. The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl gives over 500,000 smackers to local charities in Tucson. That is a lot of money. And boy, I did, they must stand around with their tongues out every year. Who gets it? Well, a- I, as my fellow founder is probably going to touch upon, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. There you go. Yeah. Ali, what makes it so unique, do you think, this this Nova Home Loans Bowl? Well, we're the only bowl that gives all net proceeds to charity. Um, we are one of the maybe four bowls that's not owned by uh, a, a huge uh, sports conglomerate with four letters. The first word standing for entertainment. It's an entertainment company. It's not a fact news organization. Uh, and so being a bowl that's owned by the community as opposed to a network, mm-hmm. it's not about programming. I mean, we love that we're on CBS and CBS Sports. 
and we love that partnership. But we're about more, way, way more than programming. It's about our community and who we are. And I know I keep harkening the back very to heart that, of Tucson. But it means yep, it, it, very I much mean so. It, yeah. You wear a lot of different hats: attorney, business owner, coach, just to name a few. Um, describe to us, if you will, uh, a coach's role as a motivator. Well. I think that the number one thing a coach has to do is evaluate what the objective is for your team and evaluate the the players that you have. You know, the New England Patriots, and as good as Tom Brady is, and it's hard for me to admit as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but he's awesome. Uh, If New England Patriots had 11 Tom Brady's on the field, they'd be 0-16 every year. So not everybody has the same skill set. You have to be able to cogently evaluate your players and then evaluate their talent and put them in a best position to succeed with their talent Mm -hmm. for the benefit of the team as a whole. You motivate in a lot of different ways. It's not in in the football realm, you know, the days of coaches screaming at their players and, uh, you know, epithets flying from their mouth, uh, denying water as a punishment. That just, those, that's stupid and it doesn't work anymore. Mm. So you get to know your players you show that you care about your players, and then you put them in the best position to succeed, and then you'll get the best results. Then you quietly whisper in their ear and tell them how nice they are. Maybe, yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just talking loud. It's kind of... How do you plan on motivating players and getting them to buy into the role on the team each year? And how does that translate to other pursuits? Well, you have to, number one, set expectations. And then number two, you have to hold people accountable. I mean, the first rule is protect the team. The number two rule, these are my rules, um, is uh, no whining, no complaining, and no excuses. And number three, be early. And you follow those three rules, and they, you can expand on each one of them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Then we can have a successful team. And I don't care if that's on the playing field, on the court, in your anywhere, office. Anywhere in life. In your life. That's excellent. Protect the team. No excuses, no whining, no complaining. Just get out and, and do be it. early. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the be early bit. I mean, if you had Mark Irvin on your team, he was here yesterday, he thought the show was <laughs> That was very good. But I very like true. someone. He knows where to go. Very, a platform with a microphone? <laughs> yeah, I know he was early. <laughs> Plus, it's only a block away. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mark, you're very active in the community, spending at least uh, 40% of your time uh, of each week involved in uh, philanthropic and public service activities. You obviously enjoy doing this your passion and lifestyle to revolve around it. But you do love helping others to achieve success. That's what they say about you. Is that crap or is that right? I think that's right. Okay, that's good to hear. So let's look at how diverse your roles really are. In Tucson overall, some people call you Mr. Tucson, you know. Leadership role with uh, Rio Nuevo, multi-facilities district, serving as its vice chair slash secretary. How did the name Rio Nuevo come about? I have no earthly idea. <laughs> Doesn't it mean new river or something? No, or? well, it, it actually means new water, but, you know, we didn't name it. We we uh, actually inherited it. And, you know, little history is, you know, Rio Nuevo was much maligned and a lot of trouble, and the state actually took them over uh, about eight and a half years ago. And when they took them over, they were actually going to implode them. They were going to just say, hey, let's, okay. let's, let's get rid of them. And then they said, okay, maybe we'll keep it if we could get the right people involved. And so I was asked, would I consider being involved? And uh, I, I was naive enough to think, Mark, that I could jump in there and in a couple of years get it turned around. I didn't realize 
um, what a mess it was. Mm -hmm. And apparently, uh, so the yeah. other the other mob had made a true mess of it. Right, and wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars for nothing. I think it's a bit of square footage tape or something, wasn't uh, it? I wish it was hundreds of thousands. It's hundreds of millions. Really? Yeah. Nothing so to show for. Uh, well, you know, there's all kinds of numbers bouncing around, and mm -hmm. yeah, but that's that's the the situation that we stepped into a very broke dysfunctional group and canley uh didn't go well for the first couple of years and uh when we finally got the right board and the right mix of people involved for the right reasons things really started happening as i like to say to folks and i and i mean it quite sincerely i'm a pretty fortunate guy i've got a front row seat to brilliance and not not just with rio nuevo mm -hmm, um uh, in mm -hmm. a lot of pretty much in all the aspects of my life i my, my claim to fame is surrounding myself with people that are a lot smarter than me, and it's pretty easy to do. Well, that's been around for a long time. It's pretty smart just to even do that. I'd like to know how you were appointed by uh, the Speaker of the House in 2013. How did that come about? Was this for the Nureo, uh, Rio yeah, Nuevo deal? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, my, my, my good friend uh, Jim Click had, had, and others had asked me if I'd, I'd consider it. So I was called up to Phoenix to sit down with the Governor, Speaker of the House, and the President of the Senate, and kind of walk me, talk me through it. And then, you know, the uh, first question is why me? And if you're going to work for free, it's amazing how wonderful you are. And, uh, and then second, the thing that I probably remember most, Mark, is when I said, what do you guys want me to do? And they said, among other things, run it like a business. And so when we finally got the right business folks involved in, uh, you know, guys like, like uh, Fletcher McCusker, who is just off the charts, smart, brilliant fellow, uh, Chris, she probably knows more about real estate than, uh, I, I'll ever learn. He's probably forgotten. Uh, you know, you've got Janie Cox, who just really is a great community, smart person, Jeff Hill, former state legislator. And then you've got our spark plug, Edmund Marquez, who just is out making stuff happen. And, uh, it's a, it's, it's a great board. I think we're, uh, we don't agree on everything. Uh, but we end up getting to a point where everybody has their saying, we end up getting things where they, are structured in a manner that work and fit what we're trying to accomplish, which is okay. increase sales tax revenue. Okay. But in a nutshell, in a paragraph, what are you trying to do? What are the goals? What's the philosophy of downtown Rio Nuevo? Our goal is pretty simple, and that is to maximize sales tax uh, revenue, also to take, and since we only have X amount of bandwidth relative to the money that we have, is to take that money and leverage it in a manner that will allow us to recoup what was lost by others before we got there. That magic number is uh, we put in a dollar and we need four to follow it. I'm really happy to tell you we're really closer to $1 in, $11 following it. So, um, like I said, I'm just surrounded with some really bright, smart people who are very committed to not just being one and done, but as we like to say, two things. A, if we had any money, we'd be dangerous. And second, with what <laughs> money we do have, let's go big or go home. So mm -hmm. whatever we can do that's going to drive business and energy to downtown Tucson, uh, a lot of that is entertainment. A lot of that is uh, music. Uh, a lot of that is food. It's really kind of backwards. You know, most people go the other route, and, and those kind of things follow rooftops. Right. Uh, what's happening is is now the rooftops are following all that economic activity. So, you know, everything from, you know, Caterpillar, uh, everything from Hexagon, which are the two mining companies that you saw that came to Tucson. We've got a new mining company that came and that I'm ecstatic that Rio Nuevo didn't have to get involved in bringing them here. But mm -hmm. obviously, because we set a good table with other people, there was room for them to show up. So, you know, I think Rio Nuevo is, is, is very focused. Our primary component is... Tucson Convention Center. So, you know, that 
renovating the Tucson Convention Center Arena. Cannily is what provided an opportunity for us to go and solicit and bring the Roadrunners here. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. provided an opportunity for us to bring our new football team, the Sugar Skulls, here. You know, those are both arena-based uh, teams, and I, I can't speak for the rest of the board, but for me, I don't know a damn thing about hockey, much to raise uh, chagrin because he thinks I should know about hockey. And everybody's like, how'd you bring hockey here when you don't know about it? it was For me, it was purely economics. Right, yeah. And uh, although I do know a lot about football, to me, that was an economic decision as well. So that's the reason that you, that I supported the initiatives to bring those teams here. And they're both great for Tucson. I mean, they oh, look between a lot of you at this table, the effort and the and the energy and the work that has gone into it uh, uh, of all the of all the events, the sporting games here, the uh, the events that are going to be taking place, the downtown Tucson's being reborn. Basically, it was big in the filmmaking days. It was a hub then. Uh, I was never privileged, of course, to be here then. I've only been here six years now. It takes 30 to be a local, they tell me. But at the end of the day, uh, she's a different place now to what it was and where it's going. Yeah, I think what kind of excites me on a couple of different fronts, Mark, is it's neat to see our community finally get to the point where we're able to work together and harness our horsepower and to be able to show people what's really possible, what we can collectively do together. And I'll push that over on the bowl and the sports side as well. If you looked at how the Roadrunners support the Arizona, who supports uh, our new football team, the Sugar Skulls, it is a really neat collection of these guys. I mean, they're all at each other's events. They're all supporting each other's events. Now, obviously, since, you know, as a Rio Nuevo guy and interested in stuff downtown, you know, and, and tied with all those folks, yeah, I'm pretty big at harping at them about doing all those things, but I don't have to. They're already doing that stuff. They understand it. So, to me, I think it's really neat to have three new venues in town that have incredible economic impact. And as Ali said, we're, as it relates to the Arizona Bowl, and Canley as it relates to Rio Nuevo as well, we're just getting started. I mean, there's some really with, interesting With the thing. football, is that going to be going through the summer months? Is it just a short period of time? When It starts January, doesn't it? Well, they'll start playing just right at, after the, the – actually, there's a slight overlap in the season. Uh, between the uh, Roadrunners and the Sugar Skulls. But the Sugar Skulls uh, are going to travel for the first couple of games. So they are actually first home game here. I don't think it's going to be until late March. Okay. And uh, there'll be a little bit of overlap. But the, the Tucson Convention Center can handle that. We've already designed a system to overlay the ice with the field. If so, if we have to pull them up and remove them in this. Right. We're, we're covered. And we've got a phenomenal manager down at the TMC with Glenn Grabowski and the guys with SMG. They are off the charts. Every curveball we throw them, uh, they seem to figure out a way to make things so. happen. So they're, they are a great professional manager, and we're really lucky in this community to have them. Philanthropically, you're passionate about children. You work extensively with the Boys and Girls Clubs, the Pima Community College Foundation, the American Red Cross. Do you get any time for yourself? Plenty. Plenty. You know, um, you're semi-retired now, aren't you? No. No. You're still full board. I'm still full board. I don't know, Ollie. You, you think I'm retired? <laughs> no, 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 no. And his wife keeps telling him to do more. So right. I don't I, know what that's it, all about. I, I, I just, I just, I got lucky, kind of like my mom. I, I just got kind of unbounded energy, mm-hmm. and uh, like I think everybody at this table, I wake up and I'm wired, and I'm, I'm glad when I unwire so I can actually go to sleep. So I'm, I'm probably a, you know, a five hour sleep kind of a guy, and uh, just you know, kind of the way I'm programming. Canley stuff like Boys and Girls Club that I've been involved with with almost 30 years. I mean, through that relationship, I was able to convince Ali 
And I didn't have to convince him because he actually is the one that asked me if that position ever became available. He'd want to be counsel, knowing that it was a pro bono. You don't get paid for mm-hmm. it. You just mm-hmm. offer, you know, you just are there. So, you know, to have a chance to work with folks like that, you know, I mean, it's cool that Nova uh, and, and, and Volpe and Desmond just really felt really strongly about Boys and Girls Club. As they know, there was no pushback here at all. I just kind of sat on the side and thought, hey, I think that's really cool. And I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I was, but I was very tickled when that's the direction that they decided they wanted to go. And uh, Davis Monthan Air Force Base, I think you're an honorary commander there, weren't you, of the 355th fighter wing for many right, years? Right. Did so, you fly it all yourself? Was a, uh, ever... they, they took me up in an F-16 for an hour and a half and yeah. did their best to see if they could get me to pass out <laughs> or puke or uh, poop in my pants. And, and, and they even offered a pair of Depends, and I, you know, I could go on. But, no, I didn't, didn't pass out. I didn't do anything. And it was a, uh, an incredibly remarkable experience. And uh, I can tell you, this body, it took it a weekend to recover from the stresses of 9.5 Gs. Yeah. <laughs> breaking the sound barrier. You Would know, take a little while. You know, it, it was, it, but it was, it, was, it was fascinating. And I think what I learned from that is what an incre- incredible group of military folks that we have here. And yes, to have yes. the Boys and Girls Club reach out to them and have the military so engaged and their, and their folks so engaged in what we're doing and their families so engaged in what we're doing with the six clubhouses. To have the Arizona Bowl reach out and say, hey, you know, uh, it's important to the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl to have a military section. So to have that big section is huge. We have the exact same thing, candidly, with the Roadrunners. They have a huge military program and military night and this, that, and the other. And I can promise you, you're going to see the exact same thing with the Sugar Skulls. You're going to see all these groups that really understand and appreciate really without any pushing by us at all. I mean, they, they, these are all the things that these folks are wired to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the nice thing about the Arizona Bowl, and one of the reasons it was easy for Nova to say yes, is because it was designed in a manner that Nova looked at and said, wow, that fits our corporate values right. to, a, to a T. So right. we'd already thought about yeah. what we wanted that thing to look like and be structured, and it was so great to have a partner that looked at it and said, man, you guys' core values are our core values. We are we are all in. So, so you— why would I retire? I mean, what what could I possibly be doing? That well, you've I'm done a lot, doing and I and I could go on. You know, I've got four pages full of all your accolades, but I think we'll leave it there. But as a teenager, I think uh, you asked your grandmother to share with you one life lesson. I found this interesting on researching you. Uh, your her response to you was write your own obituary and then go live it. Yeah, so I was. So you sat was, down and was, you did that. I was basically. a troubled kid in high school, and. Uh, you know, my, my, my bright spot was my grandmother, who I loved dearly, and uh, she's been gone for many, many years. And I just said, hey, you know, Mang, I need your best piece of advice. Not like your second best piece of advice, your mm-hmm. best piece of advice. And that's what she said. Marcus, go home, write your obituary, and then go live it. And I must tell you, it took me a while to figure out what in the heck she was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And once I did, I, I think it was an interesting life lesson for me and something that's guided me my entire life. Well, you are. Then you're a credit to your profession and uh, to people around you. On a professional level, Mark, it would seem that you're a driven entrepreneur and businessman. It's said that you expect top performance, clear communication and accountability. Would you regard these criteria, the credit for your performance and results, elevating your firm to a top-tier position in the commercial real estate sector? I would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I would think that. Yeah, what that, advice would you give then to someone starting out right now in the same industry? Decide what you're going to do. Decide what you want to be. Provide a clearing for yourself where when things get goofy and crazy that you've got something you can go do that will make you feel good. Because Canley is uh, somebody that's new in the business. 
Uh, Rick, you can probably touch on this and from your days back at Pulte, but you know, your, your, you know, your first year, you look in the mirror and you say, what in the heck have I gotten myself into the second year you look in the mirror and you say, wow, that was glad that year's over with. And you know, what is that light coming at me? I hope that's, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And it really takes you three years before you really break out. So I think you really need something those first couple of years that you can sink your teeth into. And I can tell you for myself, when I sit on a board and I look over and I see Ollie Farhang doing amazing things and not getting paid for it, I say to myself, what would happen if I hired that sucker to do what he does? And I do hire him, and I've had firsthand chance to see what those guys can do. Mm-hmm. And just about everybody that I do business with, candidly, I have met philanthropically. That's how I've built those relationships. And I always feel you work that hard and not get paid for it. What would happen if I paid you to do what you do? There you go. Pretty simple. That's a pretty good idea, isn't it? Ali, I'd like to ask you something in your opinion. Um, what are the top three benefits to having sporting events and athletics in Tucson, in a nutshell? Well, I'm going to answer that, but and I know you're in charge, but I'm going to break a little bit of news for you. I think that Rio Nuevo has come up with a new mascot, which is a beautiful picture of a chicken salad sandwich. Because <laughs> they sure, certainly have made chicken salad. <clears throat> All right. I love chicken salad, by the I've way. I've been I waiting like to that. tell that joke for five minutes. I like <laughs> Can I give you a little bit of advice, though? Is, don't give up yeah, your day. Don't yeah, 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 right. <laughs> I will definitely make sure my kids do not listen to this broadcast. Because I'd agree with you. So, you know, it was kind of where I was going before. And one of the things I was thinking before the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl became in existence is there was a place, there's a place, a city in Indiana called Indianapolis. And Indianapolis used to be called Indiana No Place. And it was a dilapidated downtown and uh, really a self-defeatist narrative, not a lot going on. And what Indianapolis was able to do was build up their downtown and through sports, um, really changed the attitude and the, the energy in their city. And now it's a vibrant city with it's a, lots it's a, it's of It's a great city. It's now. a great yeah. city. Yeah. But, I mean, you remember what it used to be like, yep. right? I was like five and you were like 50, yeah. but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> but, uh, you know, w- there's a phrase that always pops in my head is like, why not us? Like, why not us? Why can't we have a professional football team? Why can't we have a professional hockey team? Why can't we have a college bowl game? Why can't we have vibrant business with a corporate infrastructure that attracts the youngest and brightest in the country? Well, this is it. I mean, you know, uh, people listening across the country understand that where the hell are you? You know, uh, we're about two and a half hours, lovely drive down a good freeway from Phoenix. Big capital city. But they get a lot of the glory in the old days and they get a lot of the money. Why can't Tucson be our own identity right. and do what we're doing? Exactly. And listen, I'll be frank. I'm an older brother, so I'm nobody's little brother. And Tucson needs to stop acting like anybody's little brother. We, I'm sitting at a table with gentlemen that have traveled the world. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you uh, uh, unqualifiedly that they will agree with me. I can't wait to get back to Tucson every time I travel, whether it's work or business, or whatever it is. It is the case, isn't it? it Everybody is. wants to come back. Everybody moves away and travels or grows or whatever, but always come home. It's, it's, always a, great, come it's home. a great home base. It's yeah. a great, my, great wife, home base. my wife did the same thing. She's originally a Tucsonan and worked for Corporate America and, and then in Australia with me in New Zealand and Vanuatu and our company traveled, quite, you know, did quite a bit overseas, but couldn't wait to get home. Right. Couldn't wait to get home, and here we are. You, you know? are, you are, will be perceived in the manner in which you display and show yourself. If I invited you over to my house 
And I said, my wife's a terrible cook. It's really messy. I, I never clean up the poop from my dog. Would you want to come over? Well, what's your booze like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> half water, half booze. But, you know, and I felt, I felt it personally that sometimes we do that amongst, we have done that amongst ourselves. You know, the number, the two things that I, growing up in Tucson, that I always heard is downtown sucks and is it going to rain? Did it rain? And how about that rain? Right? <laughs> Nobody talks about downtown other than how incredible it is, thanks to the efforts of Mark, the Board of Rio Nuevo, and a lot of other partners. Yeah. I think that sports, athletics, is a piece of how a community feels about itself. And when a community feels good about itself, other good things, it translates to it, other good it'll things It'll attract well. good people, too. Yeah. You know, a, lot, a lot of jobs coming in, they predict in something like, I think it was... What is it, 10 years, some 50,000 jobs, extra jobs coming into Tucson. Corporations are looking at us more than ever now. We've yeah. got a lot more to offer than people do before. You know, we're not we, a bunch also, of... we also forget that all these teams come in and they have players and they have coaches. They and do. They have staff. And uh-huh. they have, I mean, it's not like they just come in, play, and leave. No, they, they, know, they spend. You bet. They stay. Our they hospitality industry, they buy houses and so on. I can tell you that New Mexico State University, which was in the bowl game last year, uh, has spent over $200,000 advertising in Tucson trying to track students since that bowl game. Really? That's just the, that's just an example of what mm-hmm. kinds of positive energy creates a positive environment. I'm sorry to give you so many coaching cliches, but it's true. Stick with it. That's all right. I can't and, wait to get off there and get well, out yeah. of here. You know, you know what? what? While, while we're just going something. through this, I want to give Ray something really quickly because <laughs> yeah, because I want to come back and because ask you because Ali questions. took a shot at you and you know he took a shot at me because you know we're the older guys in town. Although I think Fader may be older than all of us, but <laughs> anyway, you know what I always say to these young punks that make these comments about us old guys: the old guys give you what the young ones promise you. Isn't that the story, Ali? No. Uh, the whole All I know is you uh, you have the vigor of a 22-year-old, and you're from Texas, so of course you love football, and you don't. Well, forgive yeah. him, man. Yeah, still, yeah. He's done a lot of good here for the Texas is not a state. It's a state of mine. It's a state of mine. <laughs> when I arrived in America, I got to tell you, the very first ball game I saw was the Cowboys. And the very first thing I saw were the the cowgirls, were the, you know, the, the dancers, you know, those. The Dallas best. Cowboy and cheerleaders. they're still the best. They're still the best. They I don't get what he says. Mark, I've got one for you before we go. I'm sorry, uh, Mike. Um, if you had a choice and you could look, well, look back, you had a choice and you wouldn't do something again, what would it be? Wow. If, Tough question. Um, Come on, you're a smart guy. I'm glad he didn't ask us. That I'm one. glad you didn't ask us. That's a tough question. Right. I, I've I really been, yet. been pleased with my choices in life. Uh, I mean, you know, these guys said it. I went to New Orleans. I always knew I was coming back to Tucson. I yeah. mean, I, I just had to get my five years in the NFL and That's get a pension right. and not else. But oh, by the way, something called Katrina came along. Okay. Uh, so no, I, I have no regrets. I mean, I, I really loved. What I've done, I mean, I've I've had a chance to you know create my own path. Uh, even even with this, I mean, when I came back to Tucson following uh, my years in New Orleans and Austin, I thought I was done in sports. Well, that didn't happen to be the truth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, since then, there's been many opportunities, and if I again, if there's something in sports uh, that I could do, that I could be a part of, that means something to our community. I mean, that that's important. I mean, I. I guess the one thing I do regret is the perception we as a community have is that we can't support teams. That's hogwash. 
Uh, I mean, you know, people talked about the AAA team. Well, you know what? The Toros came here in 1969, and, and we're here all the way through the 2000s. I'd say that was a pretty good run. Uh, and, you know, things just happen. But uh, we, we all, what we represent here now, we're not planning on being short-term. I mean, we want to be long-term. I mean, the, the Tucson Sugar Skulls are going to be an important part of this community. Uh, and, and we're going to be a part of a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I wish I had a better answer for, for your question, but I, I look, I could, I could rephrase it and say, look, if, if you look back at everything and, uh, you know, what, what would be the one decision that, uh, you wouldn't do? I, and I can't really answer. I can't say that there was Which really that's you've had a pretty good life then, haven't you? No, I've, I've totally you just rephrase it as your counsel. You say, well, I can tell you the one decision I would make, and that's marrying my wife. Something like that. There you uh, go. Yeah. I don't know that she's going to listen. <laughs> but I, I met my wife through sports. I mean, I when there I was running the team in Wausau, Wisconsin, we've been married 42 years now. So I guess ah, I made lovely. some good decisions. Well, you know, Mark, something about the sports I think is also cool is what they give back to our community in their time. You know, and I just want to talk about the Roadrunners for a second. You know, their first year here, their CEO reached out to me and said, hey, can you get us dialed into local hospitals? They hung up a sign-up sheet in the locker room, mm-hmm. and every player signed it. Every player blocked out the entire day, and every player went to all four hospitals and saw kids in ICU. Yeah, marvelous. Excellent. You know, yeah. I mean, during the holidays. I mean, you know, I just think that's neat. That speaks volumes for me. For but the reality are. is the media doesn't tell those stories. You know, they, they'd rather dwell on negative stories. No, well, actually, they, the, they, actually, the media covered that quite well. So that okay, one well, actually I'm was well covered. But it's, yeah, Mike Feather, there's one last thing I want to compliment you on because i got to ask one last question of everybody. Going to synagogue We're running out of time. Um, 1998, it was a big year for you with the induction into the Pima County Sports Hall of Fame, uh, as well as being honoured by the Conquistadors, a big organisation here in Tucson, in 77 for long and... Uh, meritorious service to Tucson sports community. Tell me you're not proud on that one. Of course I'm proud, but but that's all right. Nothing motivates me. Those awards are nice, but it's all the other stuff that. But matters. it's a credit to you, and I think uh, you've done a marvelous job. Well, people recognize for your effort. I mean, and what you that's try good. and do, and, and that that's something to be proud of. I want one question for each of you left. Well, um, you might be off the hook. When looking back at your business career. Mark Irvin, what would you regard as your biggest mistake? Not making a move uh, to go do things on on with my own firm sooner. You know, just uh, feeling like I, you know, there wasn't anything broken, and why, you know, why, why am I leaving? Uh, I wish I'd have done that sooner. Okay, and, and that's you're my, a little cautious. Yeah, that's my. Well, I wouldn't say I was cautious. I just didn't have a reason to leave. Everything was running well, and the firm was great. And I just kind of one day said, you know. While things are going great, that's probably a good time to go. And uh, left them in good hands, and look how they've grown. That's just a, that's just a really amazing firm. So my only complaint is that I, you know, is, is maybe some of the decisions that I didn't make rather than decisions I made. I don't really think anything about any decisions I made. I'm comfortable with where I am. Ali Vihang, what about you? That's a tough question. Um, I think – there has been times where I've wanted to go very bold and uh, let the voices in my head, whether they're internal or external, slow me down. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of the good things that are happening now, um, they could have happened before had I not listened and listened to myself and trusted my instincts more than, um, you know, 
they talk about, uh, like from a coaching perspective, we don't coach in our fears, right? We don't coach a play because we're afraid something's going to happen. We coach a play so because of the, the benefit that we can get from it. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, keeping it on the coaching front, you know, I think coaching in my fears a little bit in the past has, uh, uh, was a big lesson for me. And actually, I don't even see it as a negative because I learned from no, it. No, you grew. And mm. I grew and I evolved. And, and now it's uh, not can we do it, it's how big can we do it. There you go. So Ray Desmond, I've got to ask you, where you've come from, my friend, and what you've done, uh, if you look back, what was your biggest mistake? Uh, beating myself up, I guess. You know, just not trusting the process uh, or my instincts, as Ali just put it. Fear is a big factor when you're, when you're trying to grow a business and you're trying to make a business. Your eyes seem to be looking over your shoulder, worried about what might happen, especially if, you, you know, if you're just living on the new edge of, of things. And I would always, you know, there were sleepless nights. There were a lot of hard times that I would beat myself up for mm -hmm. that I didn't need to when I should have just trusted the process. And looking back, I'm going, why did I do that? I, sh I should have just said, you know, move straight ahead, stay confident, which I was. But, you know, I didn't have to go through that kind of agony. But I think every businessman does that, uh, trying to grow something. And like you said, that's what makes you grow. So uh, my, my regret is looking back saying, I didn't have to go through all that worry, you know. So, <laughs> so stop doing that. You know? The reason I ask those questions is because our network is all about helping small business and businesses in a community. Our studios are in various cities across America. We focus very heavily on helping business. Uh, you know, a lot of media um, leans right or leans left. Uh, we tend to lean business. And when I have privilege in my studio to have four what I call big guns of a town that have literally remade Tucson to a degree uh, and the future and, and the jobs that it will create, the schools that can help, the charities and the money and everything else that is involved. Uh, I'm just thrilled to be part of an environment that is so positive. And I would love to thank all of you uh, dearly for being on uh, our show today. Tucson Means Business on the Business uh, Radio Network, uh, a special about sports and what sports can do to an economy and to a town like Tucson, to our city that we're very proud of. And I'm referring to Mark Irvin. Thank you, Mark, very much for being on. Mark, thanks for having us. Ali Farhang. Real honor. Thank and you. Uh, Mike Fetter. Thank you, Mark. And Ray Desmond. Thank you, Mark. And Ricky. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen.